Blog Talk Radio. was my new music of magic and of love by Alvin Alexander, the producer. And a special thanks to Alvin for giving me this new music to start the new year. Well, a special thanks to to all of you for joining me tonight to talk about, you know, your goals and your challenges for 2019. Hence, I've named this show Hit the Genealogy Reset Button. That's right, Reset Button. You know, because this show is designed tonight to stimulate your thinking and to hear about your goals and your desires for your genealogy research. Well, this is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and joining me is genealogist Angela Walton-Raji. Hi, Angela. Hey, Bernice. It is great to be here, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Can you believe it's 2019 already? No, and but I'm glad I and made our another favorite trip place, around the I know, and our favorite place is still shut down. That's the National Archives. Oh, tell me about it. I I, I have no words anyway. <laughs> anyway, oh. anyway, and so Angela and many of the Jeannie friends, the people that I talk to all the time, the people that I've heard uh, them talk about what they plan on doing, they're going to join us tonight. And this is one of those open mic calls So if you really have some burning desire to share with us your goals, that's what tonight is all about, to call in and to talk about your genealogy goals, some of your challenges. So, Angela, let's talk about your goals for a minute. What are they? Well, this is going to be an interesting year, I'm hoping. Um, First of all, I want to just put out one word. Right, 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 and uh, that's W-R-I-T-E, okay, and uh, I have been writing and blogging for many years, as you know, but I'm hoping by the spring of this year, I will be able to announce the publication of a new book um, via uh, Wild Horse Media, and it's, uh, it's, 
kind of a memoir documenting my research journey over the past almost 30 years uh, from my Oklahoma Freedman research. So I'm so excited about that. So that's one goal that I'm hoping that uh, will come into fruition. And I have, I guess, another goal as far as teaching. I teach a lot of classes, genealogy classes. And one of the observations that I have met with, uh, in fact, one of my colleagues out uh, in uh, California, he and I speak frequently, we share uh similar background in history with Oklahoma Freedmen, but I have noticed that there has been uh, a disconnect from those who descend from Oklahoma Freedmen with the greater genealogy community, and particularly some who are coming into it new, not those who have been doing it for a while. And when I mean the disconnect, I'm hoping to be able to bring a lot of people who Really, research began with looking at the Dawes Rolls and finding their family correctly, but there's a wider genealogy community. There are census records, there are Freedmen's Bureau records that also pertain to families from Indian Territory, there are Civil War records, and there's a thriving community of genealogists online. And I'm hoping to help sort of uh, break through that disconnect and teach a little bit uh, more thoroughly some of the traditional genealogy, um, I'll say the tools that we use, and share them with some of my um, Oklahoma-based researchers and get also people who are not a part of that community aware of what is there and what's really available in terms of this understudied population of African Americans, 14,000 files representing probably hundreds of thousands of descendants. So that's one of my goals. Well, I think that's a wonderful goal. And if there's a disconnect, you're the one to make to help them make the connection. So I think oh, that is you. wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, Thank I think you, you were, I hope, Well, I hope. you know, you said your, one of your goals was to write, write, write. Well, Angela, you know that's one of my goals also. And oh, I've yes. been working on a manuscript. You know this manuscript I've been working on, on, on Peter Clark and his land. I mean, it's haunting me. Um, I did manage to publish an excerpt of his story in the La Creole magazine in November, but I'm still oh. working on those final chapters of that book. And so I have this accountability oh. partner that's just pushing me and calling me and telling me, okay, it's time to get this book off the ground, and so that's kind of where I am right now. I, I well, also Bernice, have. Mm-hmm. Now I'm Go going ahead. to step out. Come on, step out on faith and say it to the world. Announce it and own it. When can we see this book? By July. Oh yes, you can see the book by July. Okay? okay, I claim it. We've named it. That's my goal. <laughs> we're gonna have it. We're going to be ready. But, you know, we have several callers. Uh, I see them right now. And so I'm going to bring on um, Antoinette Harrell. Antoinette, are you on? Yes. Hi, Bernice, and thank you for having me. Hi, Angela, and Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you. Same to you. Well, Antoinette, tell us what you've been working on. And, folks, Antoinette is calling in from Louisiana. Well, Bernice, uh, I just want to say I spent last year working on the images of America, African Americans in Tangipahoa and St. Helena parishes, 
And I'm happy to announce today that we are going to do a book signing and a ceremony on January the 12th to really celebrate the images in Saint, of people in St. Helena and Tangeville Hope Parish. Well, I'm very happy to say that I'm getting ready to do a second book to the series because some of the best pictures came in after that book was finished. But because we're celebrating 150 years in Tangeville Hope Parish, I am happy to be at the table to really bring the history of African-American people to that table. And so now that we are also embracing the 400 years of being in this country, there is a lot of celebrations that we are planning for this year uh, in the two parishes. So that's my goals for this year. This is just fantastic, Angela. I mean, Antoinette, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you because I know, I mean, it took a lot of trust in that community for the people to give you those pictures. Yes, and and I have to thank the people for that. I really have to thank the people for that. And because of that, Bernice, we have a project that we're calling Colors of Tangible Hope. And what we're doing is collecting a um, the podcast recordings of stories of African American people in our parish, and so those podcast recordings will be available at the library. And so what I'm doing right now is just collecting the name names of people, especially the elderly people, and we do have our subjects outlined so that we can have that collection to be a part of. Uh, the library, and also I did donate a new extension to my collection at Southeastern uh, University. So I've been very busy with documenting the history, the oral history, and as as well as collecting photographs and images uh, to make them available not only in the book, but as soon as I'm finished, I will also be posting some of them on my blog. Um, Oh, Right. So people who who uh, may be awake can access some of those pictures because some of the best photographs came after oh. that, that book was shut down. So I have to go back and do a second series to that. But I think that's wonderful. And Antoinette, I'm looking forward to you coming back on this show just to take people through your entire process because you have done something that others may want to replicate in their communities. Yeah. I would be happy to do that, to share, you know, the process and how it really wasn't very complicated, but I also learned along the way. You know, you have to you learn your lessons sometimes through mistakes, like, for instance, um, I had to go back and scan a lot of the photographs again, because they weren't in a different format. And I want to thank Leonard Smith for really inspiring me to do that because Leonard always talked about storytelling. And I just, when I tell you all, I have met some people who have the best images in their archives inside of their homes. And so something else that's very unique is that some of the elderly people are donating their collections to Southeastern University as well, in their name, not in my collection. I'm very happy for that. 
Wow. Right. Well, you know wonderful. what, though? It's, I, I think it's a good idea that they are donating rather than seeing that information end up in the junk pile somewhere or somebody buying it and selling it in an antique store. I totally At agree. At least they are doing it under their name so that they know. Well, I can tell you one thing. I see so many people on the line right now that – Antoinette, thank you so much for calling in. You're quite welcome. We're going to move on. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Hello, another 504858. Who's on? Hello. I think this is me. This is Leonard. Yes, it's you. Happy New Year (laughs) to you, Bernice. Happy New Year, Leonard. Happy New Year to y'all. Thank you. Well, Leonard, I. I know that you have really been working on a big project. Tell me about your goals. What's happening in 2019? Well, 2019 will be the release, uh, a premiere or showing of a place called Desire, a project that I've been working on for the last 10 years. So it's finally coming to uh, completion. We are in production. Uh, We are in the process of trying to uh, get all of our copyright releases and all that good stuff, but, um, and also music, but uh, for the most part, the story has been told, and we just need to kind of put the finishing touches on it. And folks, Leonard is from New Orleans, and uh, he is from uh, the a place called Desire. And so, Leonard, you're really telling enough. This is just like Angela with Tangip. I mean, Antoinette with Tangipahoa. You're telling a community story, and you said ten years. Wow. Ten years, yeah. Um, we uh, we started filming back in 2008, and let's see. I have well over. I think it's now 70 interviews of people who live in the community um, telling the story. So it's not me just telling the story. It's the people actually who lived it. And so this has been an ongoing effort to, you know, capture um, individual stories, people who probably would not have been able to um, talk about their lives and and what it was like growing up in Desire. So it, it pretty much starts in 1940 time frame up into current. And so I have uh, a lot of elders on on the uh, that I interviewed, uh, Miss DeQueer, who's I think now she is probably 98 years old. When I interviewed her, she was 95. Um, wow. But um, her stories that she told about the community, she just, you know, from when she first moved back there, and the community was built uh, originally for returning veterans from World War II. And so that in itself, because that was one of the first times that had ever happened in the South, not just in New Orleans, but in the South. And so uh, from that, we we talk about the largest housing development that was built, uh, Desire Project, which was uh, well over, um, it was on 92 acres, but it was close to at at peak. I think it had over 13,000, 14,000 people. And of the 13,000, 14,000, 10,000 were children. So you can only imagine what that was like. Um, and so we're going to tell that story as well and the people who lived there. And then, of course, we had the school village that was uh, the Carver Complex, which also included Edwards, 
Culver Middle and Culver Senior, which at one time had over 3,500 students um, in one location um, sitting on 60 acres. And between all of that, we had Hurricane Betsy, um, Hurricane Katrina, and then we have the Superfund site that's all within that same community. So this community has seen a lot but have survived even in spite of all of the things that it has gone through. Well, Leonard, are you the first person to actually document the history of this community and to actually try to put, I mean, putting together this documentary of what happened in the community? I think others have done, you know, little bits and pieces of it, but I think this is more of a more inclusive one because of the fact that it's being told not by the story, well, the person who's producing it, but it's being told by the actual residents. So I think this is the first for this to happen. Um, we, you know, we have interviewed, you know, community leaders and we've commu- you know, people who just everyday people who, you know, work there and live there and went to school there. Um, but it's one that I think is a different viewpoint because of the fact that it's being told by the people themselves. Yes, and all primary resources. They lived it. They Correct. walked it. <laughs> this is, <laughs> we're 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 oh, not yeah. reading it out of a book that somebody else wrote. We're hearing directly from the people. Well, Leonard, this is this is another way for us to look at what we're doing in the whole area of genealogy. And so I want to just thank you. And Richard's saying this is just fascinating process and uh, project. And I look forward to hearing more about this film. Thank you so much for, for calling in tonight to share this with us. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay, so I have another caller, and this is area code 425. Who's on? Hi, this is Janice Lovelace. Hi. Oh, this is Janice hey. Lovelace. How you doing? Happy New Year, Janice. Happy New Year well, Janice, to you I- as well. Well, I'm eager to hear, okay, what are your goals for 2019? I think one of my goals is figuring out some new cousins. I keep seeing them pop up on DNA, and I'm thinking, okay, how are you related? Let me work on this. And then writing up those stories. That's probably my biggest goal. I think I lost you, Janice. You said probably that's okay. I can hear you now. You said probably one of your biggest goals is really trying to make the connection and determine who those cousins are. You know, I think a lot of us have that as a big goal. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. I agree with that, Bernice. You know, I I think I posted the other day, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, has Ancestry just unleashed (laughs) a whole bunch of people? Because I'm telling you, I I managed to get so many cousins in such a very short period of time. I'm like, did everybody, you know, take a DNA test? (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody sat around the Thanksgiving table and then took a DNA test. I, I yep. think so too. Or, or and and then we'll start seeing all the Christmas folks that got it as a gift come through too. But what are some yeah. of your challenges, Janice? Well, I don't 
know a lot beyond like two generations in most of my lives. So I know parents and grandparents, and then it gets really funky. Uh, you just don't know um, who their who the grand great grandparents are. And mm-hmm. one of the ways is to figure out: Can I see cousins who are, you know, maybe third cousins? Okay, we've got to share some of those lines and in, in making those connections and hoping that maybe they know something I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, certainly trying to get back past um, slavery period or getting back into slavery period and how people were disconnected, you know, one sent this way and another sent that way. And, you know, can you ever bring those families back together again? And my yeah. my hope is that we can. I can. Right, that reconnecting and watching, and you can see this migration. I mean, I'm, all, I'm seeing, you know, DNA matches in Massachusetts, and here I am in Louisiana, but I also see folks in Maine and Virginia. I mean, you're right, people have been separated, and it's finding the documentation that will show you how all of this separation took place and then how are you kind of able to bring them all back together again. Have you found any documentation of that kind to help support any stories that you're trying to tell about your family? I have not yet. I mean, some of the stories I have been able to to show through paper, but not through DNA. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, a great one of one line that I know pretty well at my end. I didn't know who the brothers or sisters were. I had names, but didn't know if they were biologically related or if they just all happened to have the same last name. And so I have connected with two of those lines through DNA, which is really wonderful. exciting. Yes, that is exciting. You know, in, in some ways you can look at DNA and say that DNA does help you verify some of that yes. paper trail. Oh, it just it's like the stamp now. I I knew I was right. I knew I was on the right trail and then you get the DNA match and say, I got it, I knew it, I knew it. And uh that's one of the things that I have found most useful with the DNA is that I'm a very paper trail person. And uh, I also like going into the local communities and digging into the records. But when I then can find that DNA cousin that connects to that record, I know I am on the right trail. I am just excited and doing the happy dancing <laughs> whatever else is going on. Well, look, do you have any any um conferences that you will be presenting in this year. Is that any part of your goal for 2019? I will. I'll be at uh, Southern California Jamboree in the end of May, early June. Yay. I'll be at Matt. <laughs> in yes. Teaching in my track, in fact. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Hoping that we'll 
see a lot of new faces to uh, come yeah. and hear what we have to say. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, I a number of things coming up and a lot of local things on the West Coast since that's where I live. And easy yes. to get to. Mm-hmm. Or easy for mm-hmm. me to get to. Yeah. Janice, this is uh, Angela. Yeah. I have a question for you. Do you find, since you're living out in the Pacific Northwest up there in Seattle, do you find many, I'm sure there are some, but are there a lot of researchers who have deep south roots, you know, Mississippi, Arkansas, Texas? Where do you find that a lot of the people in the African-American genealogy community in Seattle, where, where are their roots? Primarily, I'm curious about Seattle as a migration destination. Um, you know, actually, we have folks from all over, but uh-huh. a large Louisiana community. Really? So, you know, a lot of people in, in our black genealogy group have Louisiana roots, we have Texas roots, and kind of the mid-Atlantic, uh, the Carolinas, Virginia is uh, that right? Yeah. And, Interesting. Um, you know, mine are out of Kentucky and then in, in Georgia. And there wow. are a number of other folks who are coming, you know, have lines that have gone into Georgia as well. So we can sit and talk about what's it like to find records. Okay. And, yeah. Wow. So we have, a nice, cool. we have a nice black theology group, but we have people from all over. And so we can talk about, you know, well, what's it like in Texas and what's it like to work in genealogy in North Carolina? And uh, that's helpful for the rest of us because, you know, you're going to find somebody <laughs> who comes out of one of those that's places. Right. Go, oh, I'll go talk to so-and-so because she's done a lot of work in Texas records. Wow, that's great. Right, but, um, and this is your of- genealogy group? Uh, that you're mentioning, yeah. where you have yes, people from have different places? Well, you know, it does bring up the value of belonging to a genealogy group or groups. I mean, we of course, there's the Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society. You have your local genealogical societies and the National Genealogical Society. And each of those entities have something to offer. And, you know, one of the things that I would strongly encourage individuals to do is to get involved in their genealogical society. I know next, no, not next week, but week after next, I'm heading to Edgeville, South Carolina, to do some research. Well, the Edgeville District Genealogical Society is there, and the archives is there. And so I'm going to spend some time looking through original records. Following that, in maybe three more weeks, I'm going to head to Louisiana to do the exact same thing. But uh, connecting with your genealogical societies and having people share that information is wonderful. Now, there is a discussion here, Janice, about the lumber industry and the fact yeah. that you, you know, would see folks from Louisiana heading out to Portland, Eugene, and Eugene, Oregon, oh. and to uh, Washington 
to be a part of the the lumber industry and it it's just wonderful to know that you know people can trace their ancestors and know that's why they left they left for opportunities no doubt about it right. Well, right. well Janice you know, I want to thank you go ahead I should say in the late 1800s, we had about um, 300 African Americans brought from Mississippi to do coal mining. They were strike breakers. Oh, um, oh. And nobody told them. They but they were strike breakers. And then once they got up here and they worked, then there was after the strike was over, they stayed. Everybody stayed working. And then, you know, they developed family lines that were here, but of course they go all the way back to um, Mississippi. Right. So right. yeah, uh, the, the, the lumber, the coal, and then in the 1940s, Boeing and the airplane brought a lot of African Americans. Right. right. That's right. That's right. Well, Janice, thank you for coming on and sharing with us your goals and your challenges. And we're going to then listen to another caller. And this is caller, you're calling from area code 434. Who's on the line? 434. That is me, I'm assuming. (laughs) This is Shelly. Yes, (laughs) Shelly. Hello (laughs) and happy new year, Shelly. Hi, no, Bernice. it's, it's Angela. Yeah. Hello. Well, Shelly, tell us yes, ma'am. Uh, what your, how are you resetting your genealogy button, restarting your genealogy button for 2019? It's definitely a restart. And so um, I've got a couple projects I want to finish. And, uh, well, one project to start, one to finish and then finish a book that I've had sitting since I did that NaNoWrite with Angela a couple of years ago. Oh. So that's sitting over on the table and just haven't, just need to finish that in the project. And, you know, Love other it. than that, just busting down break, you know, breaking brick walls and promoting Mackie. Those are my goals for 2019. And finding William Michael Murphy. Well, sorry, yes, what is ma'am. It he's one. That's him. He's one. William Michael Murphy, Anderson yes. Russell. I'm hoping yes. that the pension record I just received from uh, Bernice that that is my uh, what is he second great grandfather. I'm not sure. So that will be huge. But William Michael Murphy, I think it's an immaculate conception. So. <laughs> I do. One of I don't those, think huh? he's real. Yeah, I don't think he's real. I've been looking for him for almost 30 years. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Well, you know what, Shelly, you did mention something, and it's it's definitely something I want to just encourage people to do, and that's get your pension files. Right, Angela? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so if I'm you find something. an index card and yeah. your ancestor's name is on that card, and they have numbers, <laughs> they have records. Yeah. <laughs> As Bernie yeah, so says, they left footprints. Yes. Oh, well, gosh. and that's another thing. I've got a few more folks 
to do for uh, Revolutionary War, and I would like to help, you know, another goal would be to help African-American families and researchers to be able to see if they have someone back because there's a database that we can check to see if there's any, you know, at least common surnames and if they think something came down their line some oral history or something. Uh, there's a few of us out here that would like to help people, you know, find their ancestors from the colonial period. Wow. And then let's talk again about some challenges. I mean, I know you're talking about the Immaculate Conception. I think maybe all of us are thinking that when we just can't make sense and can't figure out where is this person. Oh, well, yes. Well, y'all got to tell me what it is because <laughs> this person has no presence. <laughs> no oh, wow. Presence. But, yeah, there's lots of challenges. And, um, you know, I think I don't know if there's one way really to break a brick wall down, but I definitely think all of us that do research, as we break them down, we need to share that information because it might just right. be the tip or the information that will help someone else. It might not have helped you, but it will help someone else. And we all have them, and there's, you know, we got to face them. And one of the things is making sure we're not creating it by not knowing what resources are, you know, available and not knowing that community. So hopefully right. we can share that information and help more folks, you know, Get up to that speed so we can start knocking some more down. So that's right. And also, I mean, you talk about sharing sharing the resources. I mean, why hoard it? Why not just let people know where the new resources are? One of the the nice yeah. things about looking on Facebook is you see a lot of different genealogy groups, and yeah. uh, the DNA groups are always posting new resources and providing people with ideas of how they may be able to analyze their DNA. Well, we need to do the the exact same thing with records and Absolutely. talk about how to how to not just get a record and look at it, but how to analyze the record. I mean, using the so what, right, Shelley? <laughs> You know, how do you make sense? You You have this death certificate, but what's on this death certificate? You have uh-huh. a, a a patent, a land patent record, and you're excited, but you forget that to get the land patent, you had to have an application. Well, that opens Absolutely. up a whole new set of information. Yes, and it's there. Yes. but we have it's to the art figure of out questions. You got to ask yes. questions. Ask questions of that darn document, you know, what information is there? And like you said, what's next? What can I do with this? How is this helping me? What am I missing? You know, so you got to ask those questions. That's your so what. Ask the questions. That's right. Well, Shelly, I know we're going to hear more about so what at the Midwest (laughs) African American Genealogy Institute, and you're adding something. So why don't you share with people what you will be adding to your course at the Midwest African American Genealogy Institute? What we've added is 
uh, 12 additional classes. Uh, the first track is track one, basically, and and you're walking through those methods and strategies to do research, specifically targeted towards African-American research. But we've added now is looking at methods and strategies just at slave research. So you're looking mm-hmm. at slavery and the law. You're looking at systems to track do- and document enslaved populations by Nika Smith. Uh, you know, Tony Carrier is going to be documenting enslaved ancestors, talking about working with the antebellum work, uh, you know, the antebellum records. Angela is going to be talking about slave rebellions and resistance. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my gosh, what records are surrounding that type of information and incident? You know, and we have, Bernice, Mm -hmm. you're going to be doing a session on Slave Ship Manifest and also a case study on finding your ancestors in wills. And we're talking about slaves here. And then we got a whole session on uh, slave runaway ads by Bernice as well. Nika's also mm-hmm. talking about no stone unturned, case studies in identifying the last slaveholders. So we have some new sessions, classes for folks to come in and learn some good strategies and methods by all of you expert ladies here. And that's, you know, on the phone, and hopefully we'll help people break through some more walls through that. Tony Carrier's doing also one about breaking through that 1870 wall. People can get there, oh, yeah. but they don't, they don't know what to do once they get there. So our job yeah. as instructors are to help people get through that. That's right. So dissemination of information and to help people strengthen their own genealogy skills and research is is extremely important, not to mention uh, the analysis of the documents that they obtain. So let's move on. We have, I mean, my phone is hot folks. I see so many callers. Thank you so much, people, for calling in tonight. We're just going to talk about restarting that genealogy button. So my next caller, I'm going to call out your area code, is 916. Who's on the line? That must be me. It's Kanika Marshall. Oh, hi, Kanika. Oh, Kanika. You and Otto. Oh my gosh! This is Tell us what exciting. you're doing, because every okay, time I, I look, you are pumping out another book. <laughs> you know the ancestors will not let me sleep, and you know where I was when you let me come and meet with you. And I, I would have loved to have that strategies in slave research before I dived into this. But tomorrow is the book release party for my second book, Finding Oso, The Search for My Enslaved Williams Ancestors. And I I did the best I could listening to you experts for two years and trying to put it all together. So it's happening, and so that's my first goal is to get through uh, something new that I'm trying, which is a book release party on Facebook. And so I'm going to see how oh. that goes. And that's so I good. never heard of it before. What's the details? Yes. When and where on Facebook? That's fun. It's, I like it's that. Tomorrow, it's tomorrow. So I have a Facebook page called Finding Otho, O-T-H-O, and that's for the book. So there's a Facebook page that's only for the book, 
and I put together a bunch of fun and funky videos that, that have parts of the book. Some of it I'm narrating parts of the book. Some is just like I, what, what you guys have taught me, like I have something about timelines in there. And so I'll be asking <laughs> questions. And so I prepared a lot of videos and a lot of little photos um, that will become part of that Facebook page. So it's tomorrow, uh, Finding Otho from 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time until 9 p.m. So it's a 14-hour party. Whoa. And you can come in your pajamas. You wow. Your and it's Otho's, O-T-H-O-S, is that what you're saying? Uh, no, Finding mm-hmm. O-T-H-O. Okay, O T H O. Finding okay, Oso, and then so, so when you go on Facebook, you and you type in Finding Oso on Facebook, it should have my page that comes up, and you just have to like the page, and then you'll it see sure everything does. that's going on. And so I'll be encouraging, like you folks, if you guys are the, you guys are the queens, I bow down, but I'll be presenting to the best of my ability. Just just parts that that um, are in the book. I'll have 28 different questions and topics that we'll talk about, and I'm encouraging people to please just uh, send in their questions, and we'll do our best. And and just to tell them, like in the book, this book is it's a storybook, a research book, a guidebook. But anyway, so that's my number one goal is to to see what happens there, and it should be fun. Well, congratulations. I am so proud of you. You are really rocking it. <laughs> well, I love your I'm goal. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay, so so we we can we can listen tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, please do and just come on in anytime, you know. It's 14 hours. <laughs> and then the second one is I'm so looking forward. I know nothing about Mississippi and Alabama except what I've learned on Black Pro Jam Live and but oh, I have yeah. my grand, my paternal grandmother comes from there, and that's where DNA has given me all kinds of cousins. So I'm going to take a genealogy trip to Noxubee County, Mississippi, in April. Oh, and and so anyone out there knows about Noxubee County, please. I'm on, as you know, Facebook finding also, um, and then Alabama, Calhoun County, and um, uh, Talladega. And what's the other one? Ox- Oxford, I think. So I'll be going there oh. in April, and I'm putting that trip together and working with um, Sh- Sharon Morgan, who does the Our Black Ancestry. So, mm-hmm. oh. Well, I can tell you one thing. Going to the community does make a difference. And mm-hmm. so I'm that really is- happy to hear that you're getting ready to take that that trip uh, those trips mm-hmm. to, to get yeah, into the to, community to all of this is for the third goal which is to write a book of my paternal grandmother and she's a dually any duallys out there from mississippi um and so mm-hmm. she and and my grandfather ended up going to cleveland so i made a genealogy trip to cleveland in october this past year and that's where i'm born but i don't i we moved real quick so that was wonderful you're right Going there, there's nothing like it. And then going to Maryland, as you know, in April of last year, there's nothing like being there where they live. That's right. And then, then the last thing, and I've and I've had this in the works for a year. I need to finish it. Is to finish the Sons and Daughters of the Middle Passage membership. I, ne- I didn't finish the membership process. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> get busy. I gotta get busy. Um, okay. So, so yep. 
So that's it. Well, you have you have great goals, and oh, it fantastic. sounds like you're already ready to implement those goals. You already have mm-hmm. your strategies oh, yeah. outlined. So. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. You're on the move. I look forward to hearing more about your book and your journey. Thank you. And I really want to thank all of you, all of you heavy hitters that I listen to. I listen to Bernice almost every week whenever I can with Black Pro Gen Live. It's in the gym, but I got my head, my little earbuds in, and I'm listening to (laughs) all you experts. And I thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You're excellent. Everything you say is very, very helpful. Wow. Well, thank you so Congratulations, much. Congratulations, and we'll see you at the party tomorrow. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be fun. Okay. Wow. Okay, I think I'm looking at, I think this is Shannon. Shannon Christmas? Yes, yes. Hello, Bernice. How are you this evening? Hi, Shannon Christmas. Well, Hi, how are you Shannon. tonight? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. So, Shannon, tell us what you're seeing uh, as far as challenges and also your goals for 2019. Well, as for my goals for 2019, I am going to focus on maximizing opportunities for others to enjoy genetic genealogy education. I think everyone has heard about how many people are now taking the DNA test, uh, but not really perhaps grasping what the technology is and what it can do. And so I want to be out there to combat uh, the misperceptions and misconceptions that are making their way across the Internet as well as the airwaves. Uh, So that's my number one goal for 2019. I'll also be doing a bit of writing and publishing and blogging, which should hopefully help more people understand genetic genealogy and DNA testing. So what are you seeing right now? You you mentioned that you want to really maximize uh, genetic genealogy education. So what are you observing as far as individuals after they have tested or some of the reasons they are testing their DNA that will make you say, wait a minute, education is important. You need to know more. Oh, absolutely. I am seeing what I think most people are seeing and have been seeing for some time just at a greater magnitude now, and that is a lot of individuals testing for the purposes of uh, identifying their, quote, ethnic background, end quote, and perhaps taking that idea a bit further than it should go, probably because they've been prodded and primed to do so because of the media. Uh, or the marketing, and that's something that needs to really get some attention uh, with some additional education, getting people to understand that uh, aside from the ethnic breakdown or the uh, admixture analysis, there are other opportunities to learn more about 
your family history, and there's a way to do that, or rather several ways to do that. Uh, I think one of the big things that I'm seeing now is that in addition to testing for ethnicity purposes, uh, we are seeing a lot of people testing for uh, identifying biological parents. We are also seeing a lot more people testing for one reason and uh, finding themselves swept up in something they were not expecting. And so there are lots of unexpected results that need to be resolved. Uh, And, of course, uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the legal aspects of DNA testing, and I think that's going to evolve a bit, but uh, not in terms of necessarily uh, criminal investigations, but more in terms of uh, paternity testing. I think that there is a growing trend towards using DNA tests or mothers using DNA tests to identify the fathers of children in cases where they don't know or are unsure of who the father of their child is and then potentially using that process to not only identify the father but also to pursue uh, child support payments. Uh, So there's a lot going on in DNA and there will be far more, I'm sure, in 2019. Uh, for genetic genealogy, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, third-party applications, a lot more uh, technology making genetic genealogy more fun and easier to do. However, with, you know, I... I I see uh, one of the things that we have is a lot of different DNA Facebook pages and groups Mm -hmm. to help people or to educate people about uh, DNA. And we also, as you mentioned, more third-party tools that will help people perhaps organize their DNA better. But what about those people that are not technology savvy, but they are testing their DNA? What can genealogists do to help them? I would say there are a number of things that we can do with what we already have. I think that when we create these profiles online, whether it's on 23andMe or Ancestry DNA or MyHeritageDNA, we can provide links to resources that are already existing. We can uh, provide more information about how to transfer data uh, to one site or another. Uh, there are lots of different ways to reach out to people. Uh, there are sites that have internal messaging systems, but from my experience, many of those messaging systems are insufficient and hit or miss, and so you have to uh, go the extra mile and figure out what their email address might be, what the match's email address or Twitter 
handle or Facebook page uh, might be and reach out to them that way. Uh, So I think those are some of the ways that we can deal with uh, some of these individuals who have taught themselves how to get a DNA test and now have to teach themselves how to use that DNA test. Uh, I think genealogists uh, can do a great deal just by reaching out and being open to contact. Yes, yes. And, you know, being willing to, as you said, open to contact, but not so open that you are tearing the person down because they don't have a tree, because some people don't have a tree, because they don't have the information. And if they do have a tree, uh, stating, well, um, those surnames are unfamiliar to me, but indeed they are connecting by way of DNA. So mm-hmm. there's several things that I think as a, the genealogy community we have to be willing, I think, to, to help. Um, as Angela mm-hmm. has posted, there's a brand-new population entering the genealogy community, and there's a new kind mm-hmm. of disconnect as well. And so how do you mm-hmm. bridge that gap between these new people that are entering the genealogy community by way of DNA testing? Mm-hmm. I think part of bridging that gap uh, just simply involves being able to, well, build uh, trees for the matches, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You have to be willing to ask them questions and be patient about their answers and take that information and grow a family tree for them whenever possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and show them how easy it is or how easy it can be to begin building a tree and using the various tools that are available to gather more information than they already know. Uh, So that is a big thing that we can do to bridge that disconnect. All right. Well, Shannon, uh, I'm looking forward to just having you come back on the show so we can talk at a greater depth about DNA, what's happening in the DNA communities. We have certainly a lot of companies out there now. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have uh, wonderful opportunities with these various companies to to actually learn a lot about our families And so I look forward to you coming back on the show so that we can talk more about DNA. And let's not forget, folks, Shannon is an instructor at the Midwest African American Genealogy Institute. And so he is there to answer questions. Those of you that took the advanced class last year, Shannon worked you really hard. But that's what it's all about, right, Shannon? (laughs) Absolutely. I think that we all learned a lot and uh, had a great time, and I am looking forward to returning and uh, meeting a new crop of students and helping them 
well, achieve their goals. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for coming on tonight. And I think we have Nika Smith on. Nika? Hey there. What's going on? It's been a long couple weeks since the last time I talked to you. (laughs) I know, Nika, Nika. and I know... Nika, now I know a whole lot of stuff happened. (laughs) Oh, well, in my usual term, girl. Girl. (laughs) 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 Yeah, um, oh, my gosh. Well, since the break, since the last time I talked to everyone, um, of course, happy happy New Year, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Um, I got back home. I got back home from visiting my family and uh, arrived to a pension file and a book that I had ordered. So, of course, you know, I just jumped, I jumped right on in and I started looking at information and um, it was just, oh, God. Um, and, in fact, I just want to say thank you again to you for having the show because I had about 10 or 15 Trash 250 descendants reach out to me um, just on Oh, wow. Wow. Um, I'm like, yeah, I'm calm. They're like coming out of my ears at this point now. Um, and so because of that, um, you know, first, you know, that's the thing. When you when you deal with the project of the size that I'm dealing with, you really have to create your own system in order for you to be able to, to you know, just be able to distill the information in a way that you can process it and then pass the information on to other people. So a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, you know, in terms of trying to capture data and, um, you know, be able to access it quickly and then pass it on to other folks. There are systems that I'm having to create myself. There's nothing available currently in our market that facilitates you being able to, you know, especially when you're dealing with 50 different, more than 50 transactions, mentioning enslaved people, you know, um, oh. that's, not, that's not genealogy database conducive. You know, it's not genealogy wow. database friendly. And so I'm oh. having to make my own system to do some of this stuff. So that that is, for me, one of the things that I'm working on in 2019 is somewhat of a faster system for that. I don't know if that means contacting um, someone to write some scripts for me. Um, I, you know, I know how to do the back end of creating databases. That's a fun fact about me, something that I did. I had a job where I maintained a database, so I know how to write access databases. So that's something I may actually do, but... I want something that's front end friendly, um, you know, that almost that almost acts like a a Google of these documents. You know, if I, I want to be able to type in the name Wyatt and see how many times it's referenced in the stuff that I've transcribed, that's where I want to get with that particular project, as well as writing um, more about it. Um, and I'm not really sure. I mean, I guess I want folks to let me know. Like, should I share my process on how? I got to this step-by-step and, you know, take it by chunks. I mean, because I could literally have a 52-week <laughs> thing on this whole project. Um, the database that I have now is over 1,000 a, a people, um, wow. and it's climbing. So, But, you know, sharing your process, you may have people, as you share, that may be able to come in and also help and collaborate with you. Yeah, I mean that 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 has been probably the best part about sharing the story publicly, and that's something I would admonish other people to do. Something we talk about all the time on Black Project Live about the the power in our stories and the power in, in translating those stories to another generation into a new group of people. 
And, you know, I, I heard you talking to Shannon about, you know, how how we bring in a new crop of researchers who are coming at this, you know, genealogy and family history research from a DNA perspective primarily, and then they kind of, you know, swerve into DNA versus how a lot of us, you know, quote-unquote old fogies, um, you know, we got to it through genealogy and then went into DNA. And I think preserving those stories and sharing the stories and sharing the process, which is at the heart of what you were doing, which is at the heart of what Black Folgian Live is all about, um, that is how you retain those people because you, you give them the license to know that it is possible. Like it's no longer yes. a this is impossible. You're, you're saying, yes, it is. Here's how you do it because I have. So that's how you retain. For me, that's how you retain those people. And you know, I guess I guess you're giving me my green light to to start vlogging this. Um, you know how I am about long vlog posts. I, if I got to scroll more than five times, I'm done. Um, my attention span is kind of short, so you know they're going to stay succinct and short, and they're going to be very very topical and very specific to you know some of the things and some of the challenges that I've you know encountered through the process, but. I definitely feel like it needs to be written about, and there are people jumping on board, you know, folks that may not know the research piece of it that well, but they have the oral history, or maybe they, um, you know, maybe they've got to a certain point, and then my research is taking them further, so then they're also, you know, wanting to be a part of the process, so it's kind of, it's kind of a win-win. It's exciting. It's never-ending. Not at all. Not, not, not by a long shot. I've got Literally, you all, I'm so serious. Like, people ask about my Atlas database. It's it's close to, it's over, it's almost 4,000 people. I know that this project is going to trump that, no question. Like, wow, no, no question. Well, I'm just proud of you and excited just to know that you have put that Atlas book together. Oh, and yes, that you will be sharing sharing your process in the writer's track. That yes. is also yes. a part of the Midwest African American uh, Genealogy Institute. And for those yes. of you that have writing as one of your goals, you will have an opportunity to spend an entire day in a writing lab. Mm-hmm. Not to mention some of the people that will be working with you Melvin Collier, Angela mm-hmm. Walton Raji. Uh, Janice Forte. I mean, we have people, and uh, Anita Henderson. So this is what it's all about, folks, is gathering your documentation and telling your story and leaving a legacy for your family. And And you've done that with this Atlas book. I mean, really. Well, and that's this is a family book that they will have forever. And it, 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 it operates partly as a yearbook and partly as a directory and then partly as family history. Like, it's so interesting when you put things like this together. You, as the writer and the creator, have a thought in mind about what the end result is and how you want people to utilize it. But once folks get it and they have it themselves, they will purpose it in a way that benefits them and works for them. And so my family mm-hmm. has sort of translated this book into – those those things that I just named. It's not just a family history book. Like for me, I want them to see and read the synopsis of locating our ancestors while while they were enslaved. Yes, they get that. Yeah. But for them, it's it's also I can go back to this index, look on Facebook. Oh, they're in the group with me. Okay, now I can see how they're related to me. 
So it's no yes. longer this sort of pie in the sky thing as well. Absolutely. Well, Luke, again, I, I want to just Angela, you just have questions. Yes, I'm sorry. I was just going to ask a quick question for our listeners. Um, how many volumes of your family story have you published? The one that's out now is which volume? That one is number. That one's number eight. Um, the first oh, wow. two were done were done by by other folks. So I put together six, and then um, then I also have done a magazine on another branch of my family, and then. At some point, probably what I'll be using are the blog posts that I'm going to be writing about the Trash 250. Those will then be probably assembled into um, some sort of a book along with the transcriptions of those 50 documents that I've done because I don't want that just to sit on my hard drive, you know, or on Google Drive Good point. at this point. Yeah. Um, I want that to live and be living and breathing. So as folks, you know, see their connections to Woodville, Mississippi, Point Coquille, Louisiana, Concordia, you know, Paris, Louisiana, and they see that they, you know, have family members that are, you know, living in locations. Yeah. Like, literally last night, you all, two hours I spent on one page of one second, which is one page of the 1870 census where I was tracking, I went down that many rabbit holes off of one page from this group of people. And I'm talking oh. tracing from 1870 to the 1940 census and beyond on just one wow. page. So Incredible. this is this is why it's important for us to tell our stories. We can sit back and get us mad when someone else picks up the mantle for us and starts to tell and starts to present and do all these things unless we're taking we're picking up the baton and taking it, right? Part of running a relay race in track is, you know, you don't want to be on that anchor leg and you drop the baton, right? Somebody's right. already That's run fine. all three laps of that one hundred for you and you're in the four by one hundred. Somebody's already running, and, and they, they're passing the baton to you in terms of the history. And you can either hold your arm back and look, which is what you're supposed to do for track. You're supposed to turn around and look and grab it, make sure you have the stick and go. Or you can just hold your arm out blindly, drop it, and not even know where it is. And, not, and dropping it and not knowing where it is is, oh, someone else will do it. Or maybe next month I'll get to it, but you don't put a plan in place. So, you know, don't drop the baton. That's all my that's my message for the evening. That's right. <laughs> that's Don't drop the baton. And and also, I mean, let's let's face it. If people are out there and they're doing the research, then they have the right to present that research. And you exactly. don't have a right to get mad with them because you didn't no. do it. <laughs> Because you didn't do, and, and I mean, it's one thing. It's one thing if the research that you've done is being repurposed by somebody else, like they discovered it. That's a whole other show and a whole other situation. But if this is something that you know that you have sat on for a number of years, and let's say a younger person with more energy and more time comes up and they start to capitalize on it, you can't be upset because you had a time and a place and an opportunity and you didn't take it. And so, right. you know, for me, I feel like. I feel like 2019 should just be, it. you know, 2018 was non-apologetic. 2019 is non-apologetic. You know, I'm coming to take what is rightfully mine or that I have I have airship to in, in any and all facets, whether it is, you know, professionally, you know, with Black Folk July, we've got, you know, 27 episodes we're doing this year. Next one is on Tuesday on researching, you know, living people, you know, reverse genealogy. And then, you know, I want to, you know, I'm in the process now of filming 
um, webinar series be hosted on my site? You know, why can't I do that? Why do I have to wait for somebody else to do that? I don't have to do that. That's, anyone that knows me knows I'm a self-starter. I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Um, and, you know, going along that line personally, you know, I sent my, my last document in for my, my uh, Cherokee Nation registration, so hopefully that card will be coming. I'm going to be applying to DAR this year. I'm, I'm coming to claim was rightfully mine because it's my birthright. And in telling your story, you're doing that. So claim your birthright. Don't drop the baton. It's, it's a year to do it. Stop putting it off. Stop making excuses. All right. I love your energy. I love your passion. Keep on yeah, doing what you. you're doing, Nika. Keep on yes, doing what you're doing. All yes, right. I'm, and I'm going to keep you guys busy or order me pension files. So <laughs> be on the lookout. <laughs> I I, I love those pension files. You know me. (laughs) Me I live for a pension file, even if it's not my ancestor. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Okay. Well, we have some more callers. And so I have area code 301. You're live. Is this Ellen? I don't think so. Okay, area code 412. Who's on? Okay, area code 425. Wow, a lot of people were on the line. Yes, they are. Well, I tell you what, I don't know if we've exhausted this topic or not tonight. What about you, Angela? you have anything else you want to add before we close out tonight? Well, I think that we do have some new opportunities. To, I think Shannon mentioned the fact that there are always these new opportunities, but especially the fact that we're getting new people in our circle, in our genealogy circle, in our community, and they're coming in. I watch DNA reveals all the time, and after they get excited, oh, I'm part this, I'm part that, and then some of them are reflective. They've got the camera on themselves. And they'll say, you know what, I want to know more. I don't, I, I don't, I know is my grandfather, but I don't know anything about the family. Where are they from? They're asking genealogy questions, and we need to be prepared to teach them and to start introducing them to the records, introducing them to the methods that we employ, and to also just introduce them to the whole joys of the research process, the good old-fashioned roll up your sleeve and do the research because it's not just going to be a DNA reveal. A lot of it is really going to be, you know, getting to that archives or going to that database online and knowing how to connect one generation to the generation that preceded it. And we've got a lot of tasks to do, plus we have personal stories. I can't wait until Peter Clark's book comes out, Bernice. And it's, you know, wow, we have a lot of stories to tell. You know, I'm looking at people online right now, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm, I know part of her story. I wish she'd write about it. And, you know, wow, we all need to start, you know, podcasting, blogging, writing, doing videos, getting on YouTube, BookTube, all of it. All, and these platforms are free, and they're available to us all. We have a lot to do, but it's so much fun. And being around people like you, Bernice, and listening to Nika and Shelly and Shannon and Janice and oh my gosh and Kanika, wow! You know, having an online party. She's you know, hey, she's using a tool that's available. You know, I love it. 
And I uh, love it too. I, I love it. Yeah, and you know, we we also have people, those of you who have talked tonight, participating in legacy webinars. Uh, yes. Webinars that are not done by Legacy, but there are webinars out there. Uh, there are Facebook Absolutely. groups, uh, genealogy okay. societies, and don't forget all of these genealogy conferences. By the way, there's a free conference right here in, in Maryland, in Laurel, Maryland, on February 2nd, and that's during that's Black right. History Month. Well, you know, one of the things that I really want everybody to do is post all of the black history conferences that are going on in your community. Tell people about those conferences and then go to those conferences and come back and tell us what you learned because that's your opportunity to participate in lifelong learning. And that's what genealogy really is. It's lifelong learning. It's sharing. You have to constantly look at improving your skills in research and analysis. I mean, that that's what you have to do to make sense out of this stuff. And, you know, I'm one of those people I'm saying, I have, I have DNA cousins that are communicating with me, and I haven't connected the dots yet. But I'm still wow. working on it. Yeah, I'm still that's working on fantastic. it because it, it. I mean, it's it's a challenge. It's it's a challenge when I when I discover things that well unexpected results that Shannon just mentioned. So we we have an opportunity here to continue to push that restart button, but we also have I to set our priorities, right, Angela? Sure. <laughs> We have to look at our priorities, and sometimes we get a lot of little shiny things dangling in front of us, and it kind of takes us away from our goal. And and that's something that you and me and everybody else may may be experiencing with their genealogy. But uh-huh. I think we're all here as the genealogy community to connect, to share, and to support each other. And so I just want to thank those that called in and shared their goals with us tonight. I want to invite those of you that want to be a part of Blog Talk Radio. You want to become a part of this this community, if you will. I've been broadcasting for yeah. seven years. You have the opportunity to come on my show. Just drop me a drop me a note, wow. drop me a message, and and I'll bring you on. Because my goal is to help you tell your story. And if you can do that, join me on Thursday night. And so I just want to just say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone for sharing your goals with us tonight. Angela, thank you for for hanging in here with me. And uh, just remember, what what Angela, what's my, my tagline? Your ancestors left footprints. <laughs> and you yes. should follow those clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. Well, you can continue this discussion on the research at the National Archives and beyond and the Afrogenius Facebook pages. And remember to listen to 
Angela with the African Roots Podcast, and also watch for the new Black Pro Gen Live with host Nika Soul Smith. All right, Nika, we're going to have a good time. Thank you so much for joining research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio, and I look forward to all of you joining me next week, a real interesting topic. Good night, everyone. Good night, Angela. Good night, Bernice.